inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thank you for uh, the episode of Time to Shine, and we're welcome to a uh, very charismatic guest from Switzerland, from Zurich. Let me introduce you Ulrike Seminati. She is a communication executive, coach, and author who empowers her clients to lead authentically and with charisma. Prior to starting her own company in 2019, she worked in corporate communications for over 20 years in the auto, life science, and pharma industry. She designed award-winning global engagement programs and successfully implemented numerous leadership, change, and corporate culture initiatives. However, she often felt that the benefit was not as sustainable as it could have been. Today, she combines some of the most effective cell development techniques with her own experience to give leaders tools to communicate with charisma, lead with authenticity, and arrive in a zone of lasting high performance and happiness. Hello, Ulrike. Hello, Oscar. Thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure having you, Ulrike. Please tell us what is your journey. I I, I saw something on your on your bio, but please uh, tell us uh, from your own on your own words what was your your journey to become now a speaker and communication coach. Yeah, as as you said in my bio, uh, I have been working in the corporate world for twenty three years. And I have worked a lot to develop leadership programs, run engagement programs, and so on and so forth. And it has a lot to do with communication each and every time. And what I realized that in all these years, wherever I went around the world and I traveled around the globe, no matter which culture you go, most leaders really struggle with communication. They see it either as an annoying piece of their daily job or they even hate it maybe because it's something they can't hear anymore. Yeah? Mm. To be told you have to communicate better. And I was also managing, organizing leadership trainings around enhancing communication skills and so on, like shaping your message, targeted to your audience and so on. And I realized that it never lands. People find this always very interesting, but a week mm -hmm. after the training, they're back into their old patterns. <laughs> it, it just doesn't seem to work. And so uh, three years ago, when, when it was just a moment when I thought, I now have to do something about it. I have an idea and I think there's something else we have to work on first before people can actually embrace these communication skills. And this is why I stepped out of the corporate world, shaped my own business, with personal development techniques, coaching techniques, so that people actually change their inner game, their inner paradigm when it comes to communicating, standing in front of a crowd, even just speaking with their teams, even if it's just five people. But the way how they have this interface with people, how they manage this interface is different when they know who they truly are, what kind of leader they are, what relationship they actually have with being seen by others and being heard by others. Mm-hmm. Okay, super interesting. Yeah, you um, you found that on your or career during different uh, trainings already, uh, being um, working on the on the corporate world, and you find this gap in, in leader. First of all, you work a lot with leaders, and when they uh, were being trained about communication, you find yeah that it doesn't work. And I'm sure you will tell us about that. But before, I would like to to know. 
what you would expect from a leader in terms of communication. So what, yeah, how should a leader should communicate compared to a, a person who is a specialist, a individual team member? So what should be the difference between how a, a leader should should communicate? I think what a leader has to do in addition to what has to do a specialist, for mm -hmm. example, yes. is that the leader has to bring the team together. He has to hold the team together. And to do this, he has to be very clear around the goals of the team, the priorities, but also this whole emotional aspect of being together as a group to inspire and motivate, basically. So it's great if, if the team members do that as well, obviously. But they will only do that usually when the leader is a role model in that sense. And what I think is particularly important these days is when it comes to hybrid working, which is now becoming this year probably the normal instead of having full home office setups. It's becoming even more complex and the leader needs to be able to communicate with people in a way so that he can really be inclusive with those who are just on screen and with those who are sitting with him in the room or her in the room. So there will be a challenge because that is far more difficult than only having them in a Zoom meeting or a Google Meet and, and having them split between physical presence and, and only online presence. So that is the difference for me. The leader has to hold the team together. It's an emotional glue. He's, he's holding it together and he needs to be able to convey a certain presence, a certain motivation, a certain emotion mm -hmm. so that people can truly connect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you said um, glue emotionally. So you have to glue the team emotionally. So, okay, so that's a good, good way to say it. Uh, yeah, definitely. So besides the the technical or the the technical expertise that the leader has to have, of course, on top of that, yeah, has yeah, as you mentioned, I think in almost everything you have said is about team, how the leader has to motivate and how the the members together and also you mentioned the new challenge relatively new challenge of now remote teams and hybrid yeah hybrid communication hybrid uh, meetings etc okay you mentioned earlier about this challenge that has happened even before many years ago you said on your on your when you're still working on the corporate that leaders and also specialists were being trained about communication but yeah they didn't putting in practice at least know the biggest part of what they were were trained so why what how how that can be changed so what has to be done uh, besides the, the besides or before uh, the the communication training the first thing that we need to understand is what is our own bias what is the lens we are looking through at the world mm -hmm. And be crystal clear about this, because when you send out even a very simple email, it is always biased by your own understanding, by your mood, what happened five minutes ago, by the whole background around this project, whatever. And you will write this from this one perspective. And this is unique. It's your perspective. And everybody who receives this email, or when you speak to people in a meeting room, it's exactly the same thing. They will receive it from their perspective. And they have a completely different interpretation of what you're saying. So they will make assumptions and they will just understand it in a different way. And you wonder afterwards, well, okay, I sent this email out. It's crystal clear. Nothing happens. Why don't they do what I just wrote there? I can't get it. 
And then this eternal email loop starts, yeah. And I think everybody can relate to this. Eternal emails turning in circles around copying the whole world. And it's still, mm -hmm. the problem is still not solved. Yes. Yeah. And we wonder why. And this is because most of the time we are not aware that we, again, when something comes back, only take a, a special part out of this communication because we have our own lens and our own filter. When we get more clarity about this filter that we apply... We can maybe even try to work on finding out what the filter is of others apply. But our own filter, to know our own filter, is already a huge step forward. And when we know that, then we know what kind of messages we send out, what kind of expectations we, we have. Because in communications, it's, it's not just about sending something out. It's always a two-way dialogue. Mm -hmm. yes. And at the end, yes. a communication is always there to come to some kind of an agreement. Yeah, An agreement, which can be a spoken one. And most of the time, unfortunately, agreements are not spoken or written. They're unspoken and unwritten because we make assumptions. We believe they they get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they didn't. Mm -hmm. They just ignore maybe the emails. It's not relevant for me. But they don't answer. Yeah. So this is this is where we really need to understand that it's very important to first of all understand our own bias, because then we can understand why some things happen or not. Yeah, understand our own bias. Yeah, definitely that. Um it's even you you forget about that. everybody forgets about that yeah there is always some type of bias as you said some own filter as you said on your on your own words that uh, yeah affects affect what what you decide to to communicate and no and so how to find this this bias how to identify it so what has to be done so you need to really just really sit back and evaluate yourself a bit now, what are your objectives when you get into a, when you get into a conversation, for example? Are you clear about this? Is it what what intention do you have when you shape discussion? Are you someone who usually is very careful, trying to arrange things with others, and this is why you might shape your message in a very careful way, yeah, and then mm. wonder why people do not do it because they are maybe not that careful. <laughs> Um, or the other way around, are you someone that's called a lose win at the end? Yeah, you just stay small so that others can somehow be bigger. Are you coming from a win lose perspective because you're rather the bold guy who comes up and gives orders and says, this is how it needs to be done? Da, da, da. We don't have time. Number one, two, three, four. Yeah, actions number one, two, three, four. That's it. Yeah. And then you wonder why do people react? Because on the other side, they feel like, hey, I'm just overrun here. I don't, I don't take these kind of orders from that guy. Why should I? And so it is, um, about understanding how you bring your messages over. You know, are you rather authoritarian person or are you rather maybe missing self-confidence, which is the other way around? Mm -hmm. What kind of image do you try to convey? Are you yourself? And, and that brings me to something that is not easy to achieve at all. And there is this, there is this bias uh, to be stretched in between being either authentic or perfect. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the business world, we all full of perfectionism. Yeah, perfectionism is the norm. We expect from people to do a perfect job, to to bring excellence to the table. That's what we hear all over the place. So at the same time, people feel like, oh my god, I cannot do the slightest mistake. I have to be appear very professional. I cannot show my true self. Yeah, that's what's happening at the end. And Yet, the world craves for authenticity. If you look at people where others truly connect, yeah, where others are truly inspired and excited about what they are saying, 
These are all authentic people. They're not perfect people. They're authentic. They have a bold message. It's maybe out of the box. Not everybody likes it. They may be even polarizing. But these are the people who are really shaking the crowds. So if you want to be someone who's been listened to, and you need to come back to who you are as a leader. And I always say it's not important that you are the best extrovert speaker, because that's also the perfectionism piece which we have in mm. mind, how a perfect speaker should be. But I don't believe it's true. I think that introvert people can be as inspiring and as impactful as extrovert speakers. Because as long as they do not try to be or to, to play the role of an extrovert, whereas they aren't, they can stay in their power and they just show how they are. They might have a very calm way of saying things. They might be have might have the possibility to say, hey guys, I hate speaking in public, mm -hmm. but I'm standing here in front of you. I can tell you I haven't slept all the night, but now I'm standing here. I'm proud of myself. And now I start with my topic. And I think starting a speech like that by being honest and by being yourself is totally different than showing up, hiding at any price that you haven't slept the whole night because you're so nervous <laughs> and trying to be the one who is was totally used to doing this kind of presentation and was totally familiar with that. Mm. Yeah, it's true. It's the most, um, I'm often surprised when I hear from people who I believe they are super confident, super extrovert. When they confess, no, actually, I prefer to be in the background. <laughs> I prefer to, yeah, I'm an, I'm an introvert. Normally, I prefer to be in the background, but and how I see them is usually a very, very, they look, the perception is that they are very confident because they have, they have developed so a level of um, yeah um, confidence to speak but in real they are they are pretty um, they are pretty uh, can be introvert and and if you anal if you analyze more closely you you will notice exactly what you said that they are authentic so they are uh, showing how they are but in a yeah in a way that it is is impactful yeah exactly exactly Yeah, and I think it's there's, there, there are many things which you can do to change this attitude that you have when you when you when it comes to let's use maybe a classic presentation because that's a situation that many people just really don't like. Yeah, when you present something in front of a group, because in this situation we all believe we have to prepare our content, our slides, our words, and everything, and they focus on every single little thing in between, every single slide. And at the moment when people are doing this. They, they are never connected to the audience. So what most people, when they prepare for a presentation, they prepare the content and the words. Mm -hmm. Whereas body language is 8.1 times more powerful than words. And tone of voice is 5.4 times more powerful than words. But I don't know anyone who works eight times more on their body language than on the words. <laughs> I've never met anyone, yeah? <laughs> most of them don't think about it even a second. And the important thing is that you cannot really fake body language. It's something that is either, either you know, true or it's, it's, well, you can fake it, but people realize that it's fake. You can't, you can't betray people. We have a brain that is made in a way that we discover fake body language in milliseconds. And then if, even if our conscious brain is not telling us, oh, this is fake body language, mm. it will tell us, hmm, I don't really believe that person. There's something wrong They are not credible. Something's yeah. wrong. Yeah. You just disconnect and they're not interested. They're not listening anymore. And I think it's very important to, to be just more aware in the room, even if it's, even if it's an online room where it's more difficult, obviously, because you get much less nonverbal cues from your audience in, in an online setup. 
But it's very important to know that good communication, impactful communication, is not about sending your message. Mm -hmm. It's about, first of all, receiving a message. Mm -hmm. First, even, before you even speak. So it is about getting into this place where you start truly listening to people and not just with your ears and the words they say, but also with your eyes, look at how they, you know, what's happening in their face. Once we can come back into rooms, this will be much easier because there you have much more nonverbal yes. cues. Yeah, you see it, how, how they're positioned in that chair. Yeah, how they turn towards you, yes or no. And you just, you don't have to even read books for that. Intuitively, you know if this person is is switched off and in another world or mm -hmm. if they're really attentive, attentively listening to you. And I think what we all get wrong is that we think then when people are not listening, we have to push our message stronger, yeah? And then they will listen. But it's exactly the other way around. If you want to be listened to, you have to listen first. People want to be heard. People love to be listened to. So why not start your meeting with a totally different attitude? Not the attitude of, yes, I'm bombarding them with all my knowledge, my expertise and all of that. You come with another attitude and you say, I go there. And first of all, I take five minutes. If it's an hour meeting, I take a certain time. Yeah, just a good percentage. Five minutes out of an hour is, is, is a nice time. I take really five minutes, not just one to say, hey, how are you doing? And everybody says, yeah, fine. And that's, that's not an exchange. Yeah. You take five minutes and you really ask them, maybe you go around the table if it's possible, or you ask just a few opinions. Start with a question. Always start with a question. If it's a big group, then people do not answer by their voice, but you can ask a question so that they can raise their arms, for example. But start with a question and then not just continue with your speech, but really make them understand that, ah, interesting, Start with a deepening quest. Go, go further with a deepening question. So that they have the feeling, oh, this guy is interested in us. They are listening to me. They are see he's seeing me. Yeah. And this is a totally different starter point for any kind of presentation. When your audience feels seen by you, then they will be happy to listen to you. I recently spoke in my own podcast to an interesting lady in the US who is a leadership coach. And she said, you need to be interested to be interesting. And I found that really great. Mm -hmm. It's very simple advice, but keeping that in mind is a totally different attitude than most people, where most people come from the other way around. Yeah, so you need, you need to be in, interested in, in the others to be, to be interesting, yeah, to be interesting. <laughs> Definitely. So could you, um, you already start telling some of these ideas, I believe, but if you could summarize, what are the, the top... Um, tactics of principles to have that impactful communication that you're talking about mm -hmm. so let me maybe narrow it down to three there are many more things you can do but maybe three mm -hmm. that make a true difference in my opinion the first one is really being authentic versus being perfect just mm -hmm. keeping that in mind you favorize authenticity the second one is listening Atten uh, really attentively, better actively listening means paraphrasing, really understanding what the other is saying, asking if you understood well. So listening versus delivering a message. And the third one is about be instead of do. I touched point a little bit on that in the beginning, but it's about being clear of how you feel and who you are instead of being results oriented oriented around the doing. And I know that Many performers, if not all, are very result-oriented people. I am too, and it's much easier to focus on the do because it's tangible, mm. yeah, it's very clear. 
But the B with B, I mean, you need to have a specific mindset when you stand there. For example, if you're someone who's very shy, yeah, and you hate it <laughs> standing there, hate then it. yes, you, you can do everything <laughs> to be more confident. Yeah, you, you try to prepare yourself mm. mentally. I mean, many techniques, whatever techniques. You can do a full other podcast just on the techniques to be more confident. But imagine you have done a few techniques to be more confident. You're getting there, you're prepared with your mindset, you get there and you feel like, oh, I feel better. Like normally I'm standing there. And in the millisecond you open your mouth to say your first word, your inner narratives will kick in and bombard you with beliefs about yourself. Like you're not good enough. You will not make it. Why should you? You never make it. You're never able to deliver this correctly. You will stumble over your words. I don't, whatever. Yeah. We all have these inner voices mm -hmm. and these inner voices Tell us every single day the same story about ourselves. <laughs> Very helpful is when it comes to being clear about yourself, what are they saying? Because they're always saying the same things, yeah? To listen. In this moment, normally we try to push them away and we just move on with our presentation because we have no other choice, yeah? But to take the time to, for example, visualize the situation before, you know, because then you're alone, yeah, but you visualize it. You imagine it's happening until you can kind of feel... The nervousness, for example. And then you just listen. What, what am I saying to myself? And you will hear the voices who tell you that you're not good enough or that you will never be a good speaker and the others will, will think that you're, that, that you're just doing crap. Or, I don't know. We are very harsh with ourselves. The words we use towards ourselves, oh, yes. we never use it with a friend ever. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but once you hear them, you can even write them down. That's very compelling. That's very shocking, yeah, because you see how, how badly you treat yourself. And when they come up then next time, you hear them consciously. Yeah, it's not like they kick in and they just destroy all the confidence you built up before. And then you're again coming from a pretty weak position and you will again having a bad experience, yeah, just confirming your pattern. You can then just say, hey, guys, I, heard, I hear you. Thank you for sharing. And you move on with your confident way of being. And it's just really a relaxed way. You don't have to fight again against them like crazy. Just acknowledge they're there. Okay, I hear you, but I do something else. I do it my way now. And that makes a difference. It's a training piece, something that you really can train like a muscle. It's uh, first you have the consciousness and then you train yourself to just really realize it in your mind and doing it again and again and again. And then you will see that the presentation is running in a totally different way over time. And you make better experiences. You know, you get from a, out of a negative spiral, you can get into a positive spiral of good experiences. Mm -hmm. And it's getting easier and easier logically because then you can build on that and say, hey, last time was better already. Let's get even a little bit better this time. Mm -hmm. And you can just like this evolve until one day you will feel comfortable with the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that... There are practices to to reach that level, right? That level of being instead of instead of doing, as you said. So I think summarizing, I think your point where the yeah the first is not being authentic instead of the trying to trying to be perfect. That's one. Second, you talk about listening. The important of being listening, um, and the third one is being versus the doing, right? Um, so tell me how you. How you approach this when you when you train when you coach people because I guess you also train the let's say the basic communication or basic public speaking techniques you combine with them you uh, or you train this these aspects before tell me how how normally or how you suggest someone to to learn yeah so the f the first step is really the self awareness piece 
because that's the foundation. So you need to start with that. You need to understand what inner voices do I have? What inner biases do I have? You know, to just, just understand a bit your own paradigm. And I, I'm doing this by, well, wor working with people through the situations they actually live and ask them quite a lot of questions so that mm -hmm. they can find themselves who they actually are in these situations. And then I help them also to understand there's no good and bad. We all have different profiles. And your profile is your profile. And that's okay. You can live with that. But you can obviously make the best version out of this version. Um, so first of all, it's about self-awareness. And then I go actually into a combination of this attitude shifts, which we just discussed. And there are quite a few others which you can do together with then some techniques. For example, when it comes to listening versus delivering a message, yeah, then I will really, really work on the listening because people don't listen. No, nearly nobody knows how to listen. I had huge difficulties in listening and still today where I know how to do it, I have to be very concentrated and, and very attentive so that I stay in the, in this listening mode. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not a natural piece for me, for example. So this is then, then I can train this, for example. When you listen, you can start to then paraphrase and, and communicate what you have heard. This again is logically an automatical exercise in speaking up and saying things in a very clear way. So this is where you suddenly start to shape a message, but not a message based on what you think is the thing to say, but what you have heard from the other person and what is truly relevant for that person because you have gotten this information from the other one, not just out from your own ideas. And this is where things that start, you know, it comes a bit together like a puzzle. Mm. And, and like this, people make experiences and understand, wow, there's a whole way of how I can just act differently so that finally my communication becomes more natural and I'm not so much overthinking it anymore because somehow I got more information. I expanded. I expanded actually the way how I perceive things. So I get more information in because I'm just larger in what I perceive. Okay, so so the core of your of those those type of training in the one as, as far as I understand you you would for a for a student to to start with this training which is more a focus on the on the awareness that's the core and you you embed some communication exercises on on that so, so I think that's the that's the approach something that's quite interesting actually when you when you mention practice how to listen so if you there are exercises like that wow well, definitely. Sounds very interesting. I need to know how to learn to listen. <laughs> Sounds yes, it's, it's amazing that it's a really if you have just one thing that you change, yeah, in mm. your in your way of communicating on it. All what I said, it's it's this one. Mm. It's not the easiest one, but it's the easiest one to understand how to do it. You know, to just switch to an active mode of listening. An active mode of listening is that you do not only um, just listen and and say nothing. It's that you paraphrase what you have heard. You can even repeat the same words in the beginning, yeah. But then you can go to a more advanced stage where you where you paraphrase it by making an interpretation of it. And this is where you will see that your interpretation might be slightly wrong. And this helps you to understand why all the communication pieces before didn't land because there was always this slightly wrong yeah, thing happening. You, you suddenly see it because you paraphrase it in your way. And what I really encourage, and I train this because that makes a huge difference in terms of the relationship you build. And communication is always to build a relationship because you want you know, people need to do something. Can you only yes. do that when you have a relationship? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's about 
empathetic listening. That means you're not just listening to the words and repeat the words and interpret the words, but also the underlying emotions which you perceived. So if somebody just said, oh, I'm so really stressed out at the moment, then you can maybe say something. I see that you you are missing balance in your life. And this is why you're not feeling well right now. Yeah. And the person might say, no, that's not exactly it. Mm. And will correct it. Or they will say, yeah, exactly. That's it. That's it. I'm missing the balance. And this is how you suddenly create a different connection than when you just say, the person that I'm really stressed out like now. I say, yeah, yeah, me too. Mm. Can you see the difference of the, of the, the connection yeah, alone? It's over. The conversation mm. is over. With, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then you, then you can come up with your message because mm. the other person suddenly is connected. They will listen then attentively to you. Mm. For sure. 100% guarantee. Yeah. Okay. So, it's, so it's a way of communicating that is different. Yeah, it's super interesting. Ulrike, could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation? My favorite quotation is reach out for the moon because if you miss it, you will land with the stars. Nice. Who said that? Is yours? <laughs> no, I don't know, actually. I saw it once and even if you Google it, I have no clue who, mm. who brought it up and it's phrased always a little bit differently. But I like the idea, you know, that just reach out for something great. Yeah. Mm. Because even if you don't achieve exactly that, it's true that you achieve something greater than okay. if you don't reach out for something great. <laughs> and this is a bit my <laughs> attitude in life. Yeah, I like that. Could you now recommend us one book that has been particularly inspiring or influential for you? Yeah, I like a book of Connie Deacon. Connie Deacon, uh, actually many of her books are really interesting, but the one I prefer is the one that's called Become the Real Deal. Mm -hmm. And she speaks about this proven path to influence and executive presence, which is the subtitle of the book. And it's all about this piece about be yourself first. You know, don't play the role of the perfect manager. Mm. You won't. You might make a career. I played the role of the perfect manager my whole life in the corporate world, yeah. And mm. I made my career, mm. but I wasn't happy about it. Mm. I was never satisfied because I never really satisfied my needs at the end. So, be, becoming the real deal is a game changer. And I like this book. I like the idea behind that. You know, be the real person, the real person behind that, because most people in the corporate world aren't. They, yes. they, I don't say they're totally fake and it's not even a judgment. It's just a fact that we try to fit into specific behavioral codes mm. where we believe we need to do that. And sometimes it's true in some organizations, if you don't fit into these codes, well, you, you will never become a leader. Yeah, that's yes. true. And I think they are doing very wrong, these organizations, because mm. they miss everything out what comes to when it comes to diversity. That's not diversity. Yeah. So. For me, it's about really people who become the real deal, if you use that expression, uh, contribute largely to the diversity of a group. And this is what makes companies and teams rich. And this is what also makes the person much more happy or much happier in their professional life because you, you waste so much energy if you're not yourself, even if it's only 10 per, 10, 20% of the day where you're not yourself. You still mm -hmm. you lose 10 or 20% of your day, basically. Do you really want to lose that? Nobody wants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it sounds definitely like a super interesting read as well. Thank you for sharing that. And finally, please share with us an exercise, something practical that you would recommend us doing it, a routine to shine. As a routine to shine, I would come back to what I said before, and I would truly do this listening piece. Try that out. 
Paraphrase what you hear. You know, paraphrasing means, I say it maybe again in a maybe other way. When somebody says something, you repeat by, what I hear from you is. And then you say what you heard. And this alone, with this intention in mind, you really need to listen. Because if not, you cannot repeat it. (laughs) So this will make a change. And it's very simple. It's very simple. You don't have to do that every single time you speak to someone. Yeah. Yeah. When when somebody tells you a simple sentence like, oh, I don't feel good today. Mm. You you cannot say, what I I hear from you is, oh, you don't feel good today. It's a bit ridiculous. But. When somebody says a more complex sentence, mm-hmm. yeah, that's an opportunity. Yes. When somebody has a complex sentence, you rephrase it. What I hear from you is, and then you will see how the conversation goes. If it's confirmed or mm-hmm. if, if you slightly corrected. And by doing this, I would, I would recommend to do it only with one person for the moment. Because if not, you do it all over the place and you lose a bit of track of what, what you learn. Mm-hmm. I would do it with one person where I say, I change my communication to how, how I do this with this person. And with this person, whenever the opportunity is there, I rephrase what I just heard, and we'll see where this brings me to. That's it. What I hear from you is exercise. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot, uh, Ulrike. It was super interesting, uh, this conversation with you. Please tell us how people can get in touch with you, follow you, what are the best ways? Yeah, so ideally they follow me on LinkedIn because this is where I'm most active with just my LinkedIn account. You put my name in, Ulrike Seminati, you find me there. And I am holding a two-day training, a live online event, so everybody can join, um, which is a paid event, but you can find more information about it also on my website, ulrikeseminati.com. And it's on the 25th, 26th of February, two full days, and where we really go through self-awareness, getting into the different tools. And, and getting getting into a different mode of communicating so that it's an impactful communication, but that at the end becomes a natural way of being for you. And if this is obviously too long, because I understand people say, wow, two days, I can't do that. <laughs> too much time for me right now, and I don't know her yet. I'm starting to propose from March onwards, again, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. in the evening, a free hour where we do little training around communicating with impact, five concrete ways, and we'll work on that with a little exercise so that you get an understanding how that feels. Mm -hmm. And this is how you can evaluate if this is something for you or not. Mm -hmm. Um, You find it, right. You find it under ulrikeseminati.com. That's my website, slash free. (laughs) Very simple. (laughs) That's simple. (laughs) Okay, excellent. Again, it was a pleasure talking with you, Ulrike, and all the best. Thank you very much, Oscar, for that opportunity. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Do me a favor. Have you read my book, Rock the Tech Stage? Please go to Amazon.com and leave me a review. I appreciate all your support. Keep shining and the next time... <laughs>